Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sparkle and Thrive podcast slash videocast, which is going to be going on to uh, all of our social media networks and of course onto our podcast channel. So um, this week I'm doing something a bit different. Uh, I have, as you can see with me, a guest. Uh, this happens to be my husband um, and I'll introduce him in a moment. But I just wanted to uh, say that this podcast and slash video cast is all about helping women think about returning to work, changing his career or starting a business. And the reason my husband is here with me is because I wanted to do an episode on what it's like to be married to me. Well, let's, let's put this one. That, that could be a whole episode of itself. But we're also going to talk about what it's like to be married to a course creator. So someone who's creating courses online and also someone who's a bit of a dreamer, a bit of a go-getter, uh, trying to do things her own way and what that's like. So if you're, if you can relate to that, if you are thinking about start, starting a business, your own business, uh, and you want to know what it's like, um, or the person in your life, the most important person in your life, uh, this is the chance to hear firsthand. So, uh, Timothy, this is my husband, Tim. Um, would you like me to introduce you, or would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, you're doing such a good job. You can introduce me, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, at the time of this recording, uh, we, have, we got engaged 11 years ago in one day. So, Yesterday was 11 years ago that we got engaged. Uh, of course, when you're listening to this, it might be 11 years in a few weeks, but that doesn't matter. The point is that we- um, we're still together <laughs> when you watch this. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we've been married for 10 years. We have two beautiful children. Uh, Tim, in his previous life, uh, was a dream chaser himself. Um, he wanted to go to the Olympics. Well, not just go to the Olympics. He wanted to win the Olympics, uh, which he did do uh, in Sydney in 2000 in the Coxes Four with Steve Redgrave, uh, James Cracknell. Uh, oh, they're going to kill me. Matthew Vincent well uh, and Tim Foster. Usually, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to remember all those names. Um, so he knows a little bit about, uh, well, and I say a little bit in a cheeky way, he knows a lot about going after a goal and a dream. And um, so I think that probably maybe gave me a little bit of permission to go after my dreams. Um, but I don't know that it's been an easy journey <laughs> as he's been the passenger on the joy dream train. So I just thought we'd sit down and have a cup of tea in our Tech Pixies mugs. So should we? Nice tea. Nice see Yorkshire gold. Um, and just have a little chat about that. So maybe, do you want to any, add anything to that story? What, yours or mine? Yours. Not a lot, really. Okay. <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> well, we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary. I guess we are. Yeah, ne next summer. It was a while ago. Next September will be 20 years. This year's 19 years. And actually that's how long we've actually known each other. Um, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. We should definitely do that. An episode on how we met. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So um, what's it like to be married to me? Dare I ask? I was going to say, would you like the, uh, the truthful answer? Or yes. The, uh, everyone wants the truthful answer. Oh, it's great. Hey, you want more? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I don't know what to say. Huh? Um, well, I think, I mean, as Joy described, that you have to give somebody who is chasing a dream some space, um, some yeah, leeway to do what they want to do, some support, um, because, yeah, they're busy, they're doing things that don't always bear immediate fruit, so you do need to uh, um, 
yeah, be there to pick up pieces sometimes or be the, the one that's available to, yeah, to drop off some pickups and, yeah, earn money or um, do other things that are required. But, I don't know, in the end, um, part of actually the reward is to see somebody actually chase their dream and achieve things and, um, yeah, fulfil their own ambitions. And I guess, yeah, in terms of my own history there was that part of my life where I was very much sort of geared towards doing that and anybody that was around me at the time had to be kind of had to, had to realize that yeah my my dreams were the most important thing for me and um yeah I couldn't have done it without the support of a lot of people so it's actually slightly different for me now to be in a sort of yeah, supporting role rather than I guess the driving role and uh, yeah hopefully we'll we'll see some equivalent success um, that I loved how you said that. So there, you needed to give provide space, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is interesting because when I think it's important to go back to like when we did get married, because when we first got married, um, you had a job that took you all over the world. He was the head coach for Swiss rowing. Um, we had uh, I actually was working Monday through Friday in a corporate job, and you were working basically like Wednesday to Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, he was, yeah, he was working seven days a week, but on the rare occasion that he had two days off, it was never on the weekend. It was always like a Monday, Tuesday. So we had kind of the first couple of years of our marriage where we were, we were kind of like ships in the night and we had two little babies in there as well. And I think, um, so we must've met at some point. <laughs> yes. It had to come from somewhere. Mm. Um, but one of the things <laughs> people watching the video are going to see how red I am right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm very red. Um, but the point is that um, one of the things when I, when you were working a lot and I was home with the kids, I started building the first idea I had, right? Which was living in Lucerne. And at the time, um, what was the kind of the support you gave me at the very first business that I built? Like, cause you were gone a lot, but how, how did you support me then? Um, yes. I mean, I was gone a lot and I think that was something which was sort of part of our relationship. Yeah. That I wasn't able to sort of provide the time and kind of moral support, I guess in, in that way. Um, because yeah, yeah. My work took me, sort of all around the world and it, it was a, a pretty sort of single-minded antisocial um sort of job but i guess in that way it, it, it did provide money um so as a family we were able to um yeah live the life we wanted to live in in, in that respect and i guess yeah living in lucerne was a, was a bit of a passion project that um yeah wasn't necessarily going to be a a money earner as such but it was providing a really useful service for people that that, that, that needed it oh the blog i think that's like living in lucerne the blog was yeah. a passion project mm. not actually living in lucerne but the the point actually there that's really really great that you make so when i did launch my first business you were working full-time you were the primary breadwinner in the family and the money at the time was actually allowing me to do that hmm. so we were very lucky like i think actually sometimes um people have situations where both people have to earn in order to make all the ends meet the other situation people have is that they're a single parent so sometimes going down the route of starting your own business is more difficult if you don't have a steady paycheck so hmm. in the first business i set up that definitely was a huge factor um something then happened 
kind of between the first business and then the second business and the third business. And that was that Tim, actually, you weren't enjoying your job as much as you, um, you know, had wanted to, and you were ready to spend more time with the family and wanted to spend more time with the family. And, uh, and the job came to a natural end. The Olympics came and it was time to change over coaches. And so we then decided to move to England. And that was tricky because you were kind of leaving your, your job and you were moving into, uh, what you know you did your executive mba to try and upskill yourself really uh to then move into your role now which is you know um a progression from that in, in at oxford brooks doing mentorship for our startup companies and things like that uh and also some of these other things that you do but that was a tricky time because that was a period where we he you were upskilling and then i was launching another business because we'd moved and i needed to launch another business and i still wasn't quite ready to go back and get a real job um, I had a, I did have a little bit of a job in the middle of that, um, which did provide some money as we were kind of both needing income for a period of time. Um, but I guess where in that second scenario, so the first scenario is where, where you were bringing in all the money. The second scenario is where we we're kind of both contributing in order to do things. It was tricky, wasn't it? Like, hmm. and I think one of the biggest tricky bits in terms of you being home more, whereas you were gone a lot, all of a sudden you were home we had to kind of almost reallocate um, jobs around the house. Now, Tim is going to pretend like he doesn't remember that I did anything in the house prior to the second phase, but I did. I did a lot of laundry. I did a lot of cleaning the house. I did all the childcare for at least the first two and a half years. He totally forgets that. So I'm just going to preface that before he says what he says, because I want to make that really clear. But when we made that, transition from when they were about two and a half to about five that's where we had to shift our roles and we had a couple i kind of remember a couple big like conversations about who was doing what and how and who was helping and not helping um let's talk about that how you got more involved in the stuff in the house he forgets that he, i actually did it all <laughs> i was gonna know, is joy really sure she wants to have this conversation online um <laughs> yes what do i remember um I guess, I mean, at this point, I see the roles as a shared responsibility. I don't think anybody, no matter who they are, what they do, or definitely what sex they are, has a sort of particular role that they are bound to perform or better suited to perform. Um, and um, so, yeah, I've always been happy to sort of effectively sort of do my bit. And yeah, as it is, I think we we probably dovetail pretty well in terms of... Um, yeah, who does what? And yeah, I, I, I didn't marry Joy for her cooking skills. Um, he did say they're getting better. They are getting better. <laughs> there, 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 was only, there was only one way they could go and they are getting better. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, coming back to sort of the, the, the subject matter, I suppose, of, yeah, this, 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 this transition point, yeah, when we did come back to the, to the UK or I came back and you came to the UK, um, yeah, we were both in a state of flux in terms of the jobs we were doing. Joy had this sort of temporary job, albeit it, I guess it wasn't officially temporary, but it was never going to be a, um, a career. Um, I was sort of yeah, upskilling and sort of looking to kind of transition away from the sports industry into, into business. So it, it was difficult. And then, yeah, the question was of actually finding time to, um, or, or finding the way that we, we, we did work best together. And yeah, mm -hmm. that is in terms of, pushing careers forwards in terms of chasing dreams, in terms of yeah, looking after two young children, 
um, and sort of, yeah, dealing with all the other things that gets life. And, and somewhere in there, we kind of ha had this, I don't think it was a spoken rule. I mean, we had a couple like big conversations and some of them were tricky and we still do sometimes about, you know, the cooking and cause there's things everybody's got to do, right? You've got to do your laundry. If you want to have clean clothes, you've got to um, do cook food. If you want to eat healthily, um, you have to, you know, but if but you have, if you have any other ambitions, you've got to somehow fit them in around those as shopping. You've got to shop, you've got to fill the car up with petrol. There's things you got to do. But um, I think it's important to understand that not one person should be doing all of those things because if one person is doing all of those things, that means the other person, particularly in a two per person partnership, that means the other person's not. And it means that um, resentment and other things set in. So, you know, I think we have found a good balance. I mean, let's talk about, let's kind of just talk about what we do at the moment. <laughs> um, this is our third phase probably, I would say. So, um, you know, after I kind of set up my second business, I then launched Tech Pixies and that's probably where I've put my heart and soul into uh, things the last three, four years. And there, there've been lots of things that have come with that. Um, you know, one is I wanted to scale the business and really reach as many women as I could across the United Kingdom. And that has meant, you know, it took investment. It's meant I've had to do a lot of online learning. Uh, Tim has gotten to know all of my online mentors quite well because they're playing in my ears all the time. And I get told off for that sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, there's the this third phase has led to kind of the balance of, of, of jobs shifting between us. So one of the rules that we kind of put in place and we've stuck to pretty well, I mean, you know, and you can say whether or not you think this is true, but we kind of had this agreement that if one of us was in London working, that the other one would be in Oxford so that one of the two of us could be easily able to get the kids. Which is where we live, by the way, <laughs> Oxford, England, for those of you in America. Um, so that was one of the things that we said. But then that's kind of like translated to not just London, but just in general, we've kind of said, like, ideally, we want to raise our kids. You know, that's our choice. We've chosen to be there um, for our kids. And so we've said, you know, if I can't be with them, then he's with them. And if he can't be with them, then I'm with him. And then we kind of have this, like, I'm usually the one who needs it. But if there's an overlap, I'm the one who will say, okay, I think we probably need to book a babysitter. Is that okay? Or whatever. We had that conversation this morning, but I think. It's generally when Troy's not looked at the diary <laughs> and uh, hasn't, has booked herself into something that the space that's already taken. She then pretty much last minute has to find a babysitter. That's true. That's true. But it doesn't happen all the time, to be fair. Yeah. Like we, I think we've done that pretty well. So, but we, I think we're, we, we are more or less equal on quite a lot of things in the house. Would you agree with that at this point? Be honest. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it to be argumentative, but we have different roles yeah. in, in that way, but not the kind of defined sort of classical roles, but yeah. So let's talk about your role. What, what's your role at the moment in the house? Um, cooking. Yes, and he's very good at it. Although you've had like a nice week off, to be fair. You got you got back on last night, but you had a nice week off. I think Joy has cooked twice this week, which is... And um, we went to a which, restaurant Which is a week twice. off, effectively. Um, yeah. Jeff Wilmore <laughs> took us out. Yeah, going out for dinner counts as one of Joy's. Um, um, and I, so I guess I did a majority of the cooking, the washing. Um, and now, would you say, though, that I am making more of an effort on the washing? I want to know if he thinks I am, because I personally feel like I'm making an effort. Joy is now probably up to about 17 years old when it comes to washing. Like she, she at least puts her washing into the basket 
albeit hasn't quite worked out, which is the basket with white clothes in and which is the basket. He is so making this up. I am not that bad. I, I, the last two days I started it the night before so that, and I even put the timer on and I hung it up. That's because I knew we were doing this podcast. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to prove that I was trying. No, but I do, I have been trying with the washing. And to be fair, I did do all the washing for a couple of years. One time, I am pretty bad with clothes on the floor though. One time when we were married, we were engaged. I came home and Tim had made on our bed, he'd made like two bodies out of all the clothes, including my ski boots, because we were living in Switzerland. And he made the bodies on the bed. Ski boots stay in the bedroom. Yeah, because they do. And I walked into the bedroom and I screamed because I didn't, I thought there were like two people laying on our bed. It freaked me out. It was just my clothes. So I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm the first to admit that. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Okay, but I fill up the petrol most of the time in the car. I use the car the most. That's why I do that. Um, we are pretty equal on school runs, I'd say, at this point. Um, and actually, I love that about the school runs in England. I, I have to say, like, I see a lot of dads doing the school runs. I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then what other household duties do we have? Shopping. I hate shopping for food. I don't trust Joy to shop. <laughs> actually, no one quite. You're never quite. It's a bit like Lucky Dip. You're never quite sure what you're going to come back with. <laughs> That is so true. Um, yeah, so I don't do any food shopping unless I absolutely have to. I also spend more if I food shop. So he wants to go because actually it usually saves us quite a bit of money because I buy all the organic stuff and and you don't. I buy the chicken from, this has been an ongoing discussion about where what kind of chicken do you buy? I would love to know what kind of chicken you buy. I When I do shop on the rare occasion I shop, I buy the chicken from the farm, uh, the wood field farm there's a farm that the chicken comes from very happy life for that chicken um so what other things do we do the main things what in terms of as a family yeah well we do time with the children yeah Yeah. spending time now i would say tim you do that more than i do probably um i guess in some ways i mean almost coming back to that sort of third sort of phase of us like for me it's very important that my that i get to spend time with my children i see them grow up i like to influence how they develop um and to me that's probably the most important thing and work is a necessary means to provide sort of finance so that we can then lead the life we live rather than it necessarily being my my primary ambition um so yeah so that's i guess sort of partly sort of the roles that i would play in that yeah the, i mean don't tell the people i work with maybe but um it's a yeah it, it's a kind of needs must that yeah provides yes it's i mean it's enjoyable and it's nice and it's um yeah it is fulfilling but it's not chasing my dream because actually yeah we we need something a little bit more consistent stable and um for me it's important that actually i'm not gone all the time anymore i'm not traveling yeah all around the world i'm i'm down the road and i'm available and i'm able to do the school run not just because i have to but because actually i I enjoy it and it means I then get to spend time with uh, my two little buddies. No, and I think the thing is, is that I do spend a lot of time with my kids. And one of the things I'm trying to do is um, try to do less time where I'm trying to balance work and kids. So one of the things that helps me do that is get out of the house. So um, Tim planned this fantastic two days. uh, We went to Portsmouth. We went and looked at all the warships and everything like that. And I really was able to set work aside for most of it, not all of it, but for most of it. And I was able to be there and really enjoy the kids. Um, we had a really nice day yesterday. 
with the family and just spending time together, just being together and got to do some fun things there too. So, you know, I think what I've learned is that it's better for me if I want to do something really fun with the kids to get out of the house and go do it. Um, let's just talk about that crazy, weird kind of uh, fourth thing I threw into the mix, right? So one of the things I said was I wanted to stay, stay married. That was one of my big goals. Number one, number two, um, I wanted to have a successful business, right? And number three, I wanted to, well, actually no, number two was to know and love my kids. That's important to me. Number three was have a successful business. I think we've just reversed those a little bit, but those are my three goals. Stay married, know my kids, have a successful business. But then I threw in this fourth Ironman goal, mm. <laughs> right? And that, I, I, I remember telling you that I wanted to do the Ironman on my 36th birthday for my 40th. And I didn't quite say that, but we'll just say that that's what I said. And I remember you and one of our best friends kind of laughing at me. And I kind of now understand why, because it's a massive commitment. And I didn't realize probably how big of a commitment that was. And it has impacted our life because it has been a four-year campaign. We're in the last four weeks of that four-year campaign. Um, but it has affected our life as well. So I kind of, not only did I say I wanted to launch a business, but I also said I wanted to go do this Ironman thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I'd just love to know. Um, I mean, going back to <clears throat> four years ago, I guess part of the reason, I suppose kind of, yeah, rewind even further, like Joy and I are different in that Joy will verbalise a goal and then try and go about achieving it and probably as she goes about achieving it, sort of realise what is involved in, in doing it. In um, goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas I'm probably sort of, wired the other way around that I'll sort of sit and I'll think and I'll work out what's necessary and, and needed and won't tell anyone about it until actually I, I I know that kind of I'm willing to kind of make the commitments that are necessary to, to make it happen. Um, so yeah, going then to four years ago when Joy, I mean, she didn't just say she was going to do a triathlon, she was going to go to the world championships. Um, and I might still, you day. might still, yeah, yeah. Might still. Um, and that, that was probably partly sort of my scepticism because actually it's a lot of things. And I, I often sort of think that, yeah, you can only have sort of so much focus, like more than one focus is, is no focus. And um, I think that can extend to two things and it, 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 it's difficult if it extends to, to more than two. Um, so yes, you can have a very successful business and have a happy home life. Um, yes, you can. Um, yeah, have the goal of doing a triathlon and still have a happy home life or have a successful business. But actually, there's only a certain level that you can push those to. And I guess my worry was always that the, the Iron Man required such a, um, a level of commitment that actually it, that there weren't enough hours in the day or enough units of um, energy that, that could actually be applied to this. Um, yeah. Well, and actually, I think that's been true. Um, and one of the things that has happened a lot is that a startup uh, launching a business that's never existed before and, um, you know, scaling it, uh, taking on investment, man, oh man, like that was so much more um, intense than I thought it was going to be. And I think that definitely had, had a knock-on effect with my training. I mean, my training actually... Um, 
probably has been 50% of what I really wanted to do the last four years. I'm literally, I have probably only done about 50% of what I wanted to do, what was on the plan to do. Um, because I, I, because to be quite frank, there were days where it was like, do I do this family thing or do I do this training thing? And I would choose the family thing over the training thing. And then there've been days where I've chosen the training over the family. And then there've been really what we've tried to do a lot recently is how do we combine the two? How do we kind of like go somewhere? Of course, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> Sometimes I get lost. Actually, most of the time I get lost. But like when we went to Portsmouth, for example, I said, okay, I'll cycle the first 60 kilometers and meet you at this point. And then of course I got totally lost. But we have tried to kind of organize things so that um, we can combine the two. It actually makes for interesting sort of family, uh, well, the three of us, but it's like the uh, treasure trail of where, where's mummy? <laughs> um, she's, she's headed off on a bike and arranged to meet us somewhere and then actually we have to scout within a 20 mile radius to, to where she's actually got to. But uh, it's good to say for eight and nine year olds, it adds another, another so bit, of, a, a bit of adventure to the car, right? Yeah, and the kids themselves are, you know, they, they, they're, they're seeing, I mean, and Tim does, he cycles as well. And so sometimes he'll cycle somewhere and I'll cycle back or I'll cycle there and he'll cycle back and one of us is driving. So actually we've managed to kind of incorporate this kind of healthy lifestyle. So. I, I actually would say you can probably do three things, maybe not four. You know, I feel like I threw in four things. But, I mean, to me, it depends on the level that you, you're willing to, to do that. I, mean, I, I definitely don't suggest that you can't be healthy and run a business and be, be happy at home. That's, but to me, the, the, yeah, the Iron Man was another level. I mean, it, it's a bit of a crazy idea anyway. I have no ambition to, to swim, cycle and run that far. Um, but actually, yeah, that, that was me. I, I definitely don't advocate that, yeah, you can only do one or you can only do two. It does depend on the relative levels. But once you take things above a certain level, then it, it has to be first priority. And I guess, yeah, for someone who had their life revolve around their exercise for, a, for many years, I was lucky in being able to do that as, as a young sort of single man. Yeah, I could 100% do what was necessary to uh, win the Olympics. Um, but actually, one of the reasons I re I wanted to get out of sport was because I was no longer willing to kind of let sport be the the the, the primary and significantly uh, significantly major sort of feature in my life. I wanted to do other things too. Well, he really wanted a family, and and he's been a wonderful father, and I've been really lucky um, to have that. Um, lucky to have someone who you know who who has been so involved um, with the kids, but also so willing to, you know, take up the kind of the slack when I can't do it because he knows what I'm trying to do. I, I would say, actually, I was thinking, when I was reflecting on what we were going to talk about, I was, I was thinking about like, have we talked about what you wanted to talk about? Yeah, we have talked about what I want. And you were actually quite nice, which is great. Okay. Um, I think I'll stay married to you. Um, but <laughs> but I was, you, you saw it. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, we're lucky because you pursued in your 20s a dream to become an Olympic champion and you did it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have any other dreams for the rest of your life because you do. And I know you do. And this isn't the time and place to share those. But you've got other dreams and ambitions. But a lot of people who are probably listening to this or watching this, they might be married to someone who is in the same place that I am. So you've got two people who haven't quite yet realized, you know, because I think one of the things that made the decision for Tim to get more involved with the children, be more involved at home, um, be more of a support and a backup to me is because he knows what it's like 
You know what it's like to go after a dream and to accomplish it. You know what that feels like. You know what it's like to be at the epitome of what you always dreamed of being. And I think you should share what that feels like, you know, when you, when you, when you actually achieve the thing you want to achieve. But where I think that affects people who are listening to this is that they might be in a partnership where actually both people are, haven't got that yet. They haven't got to that place where they're like, yep, I feel really good about this and I can support the other person to do their thing. You might have two people who are still trying to achieve something. And I think we haven't experienced that. I mean, Tim's 10 years older than me. No. <laughs> nine, nine years, nine years 11, months. <laughs> 11 months older than me same decade. same decade we've had that conversation a few times but he uh but he but by being nine years and 11 months older than me he's he knows what it's like to kind of go after something and get it so i think that's a dynamic that we maybe bring to the table that maybe other people don't so what would your a what would your advice be to people who might be in that dynamic and b can you just talk about what it feels like to really accomplish your dream and why it's important to support your partner in doing so. so if I remember, I think I've got three points that probably I'd want to say and I'll try and remember them in some order. But I guess one thing is we're not competing for the same space. So that actually I'm very happy to fulfill a role that, that is necessary. Um, yeah, that might be more domestic that maybe a lot of men aren't willing to do or think they might do and don't necessarily do. Um, and I think, yeah, for, for, for that reason, that, that, that works. But also we're not both yeah, flying off around the countries, chasing whatever, thinking our um, role is more important than the other person's. I think that, that's probably quite important that we're not, we're not competing in that way. If Joy earns more money than me, fantastic. Um, I wish it would happen, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah. You heard it here, absolutely, one day. Absolutely lovely if it does, um, then I can happily sort of retire retire and settle back so yeah so I guess I guess that, that's one thing we're not competing I guess secondly neither of us are st stuck or and I guess it also comes down to this appreciating thing that neither of us are stuck into a role or a job or um, responsibility that we don't want to do and um, and I think that can be with with husbands and wives sort of males and females that yeah maybe the women classically are sort of stuck in as this sort of domestic role and men are stuck in this sort of need to earn the money role. And uh, I think the positive of society is this is changing and becoming less um, sort of set in stone. But actually, again, um, I think probably in terms of the life I'd led, I was always supportive of anybody who wanted to, to chase their dreams. Um, and kind of the third point of actually, yeah, what is it like? It, it, it's difficult to describe, I guess, in that, I mean, I was very lucky. I, um, I was involved in sport for, as an athlete for 12 years and then as a coach for, for another 12. So I had 24 years of, of, of living this sort of life and having this job that didn't really seem like work. And um, in terms of the, the, the dreams and the goals, yes, they were pretty high and lofty and it was 100% winning the Olympics. It wasn't just going, it wasn't just... Well, and, and I just have to preface, you not only won the Olympics as an athlete, but he coached athletes who went on to win the Olympics. Mm. And, and, you know, they, that, so you've, you've been successful in both realms. But I, mm. one time you told me, or maybe I watched it on a film or something, but you said, 
like I know when I stand on that podium, yeah. it's going to be worth it. And then I remember you like just yeah. talk about that for a second. And what I, it feels like when you actually do. I mean, there, there's there whether it's business, whether it's life in general, but definitely in sport for experience, there are highs and lows. And um, yeah, nobody has it easy. No one has this kind of constantly sort of improving uh, trajectory that says, okay, you start here and you finish here, and yeah, there you go. So we have to do. So, so there's always sort of these peaks and troughs. And I was in a particular low. And I was actually quoted on, yeah, it was a documentary series we were doing. And actually, despite how low it was, I was positive and I was talking about, okay, when I stand on the medal rostrum, I'll know what it, what I've had to go through to do it and it'll make it worthwhile. And um, yeah, you have to remember that in the hard times. And um, I guess for me, I'd always dreamt of crossing the line and having the rest of the world catch up. I'd dreamt of having the national anthem played. I dreamt of having a nice medal around my neck. I just realised I haven't evolved. I'm still wearing a 20-year-old <laughs> T-shirt. Um, yeah, so, um, so I'd sort of dreamt all these things and built them up into being pretty huge drivers and kind of incentives in order to kind of get me through those bad times and, and tough sort of moments. But then actually when I got to stand on top of the rostrum or I got to hear the anthem or I got to get the medal or of whatever it was that came with the success that I got in no way had it actually so had I realized how good it was actually going to feel I mean in the end I'd do it again because like I said there were times when you when you, you doubt is it worth it and by having sat the other side of it and been to the point where actually yeah all that hard work has been put in and you have to put the cost in first um, and then finally to kind of get the reward people do ask well was it worth it would you do it again and I'd be honest I'd I'd do it a hundred times I'd do it a thousand times it was worth it so much more than ever I I dreamed it I meant it I dreamt it to be a pretty big thing and I think that could be true whether it's sport whether it's sort of anything whether it's being successful and and now when I look back at it it isn't kind of world records or it isn't um I guess Olympic gold medals that I'm proud of it's succeeding and being the best that I could be and kind of having got to that other side through, yeah, being 100% me and doing, um, yeah, doing what I needed to do and sort of challenging myself to do that. And I think even if I hadn't won, I mean, as much as it was all about winning at the time, um, even if I hadn't won, I'd still be equally as proud of, of what I've actually done to try to achieve it. Well, and I think that's a really great point because a lot of you know I tried out for the U.S. archery team twice for the Olympic team in Athens and in Beijing, and both times I failed to make it. Um, and it's been one of those things where, you know, you can you can take a failure and you can say, you know, and for a long time I was afraid to try something else uh, because I was worried I might fail again, and I and it felt really bad when I failed. I didn't have the glory story that Tim did, where I got to take home the gold medal. Um, and so, you know, I also think too. Sometimes you can go for your dream, and it cannot work out, but it can lead to so many other things. Like if I hadn't gone for the Olympics, I wouldn't have created a website talking about going for the Olympics. I wouldn't have learned how to use social media. There's so many things I wouldn't have learned how to do. And a lot of what I do now is based on the things that I've learned over the last. Um, you know, probably 12 to 
15 years. And that's been just through trial and error and through lots of failure um, and, and also some successes along the way. And obviously, you know, I have put my heart and soul into Techixies because I think it's going to be a success. I think it is a success. I think we're helping women every single day, um, you know, chase after their dreams and become the woman that they want to become. And I think that was the point of this episode was to say to you that, if you are in a partnership, there are, there's a dynamic there that has to work in your favor um, often in order for you to go for the things that you want to go for. And I just thought if we talked a little bit about that and we shared um, the progression you know, through the different phases that we went through and where we're at now, um, that might that might help um, because this is um, like 11 years in the works here uh, and you know and it's you know and and we technic season in and of itself has won a few awards recently and um, I've heard someone say something that I loved which was something along the lines of you know oh it's it was only a, a you know 15 year overnight success. And I do think that, um, you know, Tech Pixies will get to the place that we think it's going to get to. It'll help the number of women that we think it will help, um, but that that will have come at a lot of um, sacrifice and work between the two of us to make that happen as a partnership. Um, and, you know, and I think, but it's, it will be 100% worth it. It is 100% worth it. And I think what Tim said that I relate to so much. And this has been um, something I've had to learn over the last 11 years is uh, to love the journey, to enjoy the journey, to um, just roll with the ups and downs. And with my Ironman, I've done a lot of that. It's like, you know what? The, the world championships is so off the table. It was off the table two years ago. No doubt about that. But it was like, okay, well, let's just do an Ironman still, you know, and, and I just changed the goal and, you know, have appreciated the journey and, you know, and I've put family first um, many times um, for that, but I'm really glad I did. And I've put the business first many times for that. And I'm really glad I did too. So, you know, but it's a journey and um, it's one where it's give and take and everyone's working together for a common goal. And I think that's probably what we should close on is the fact that, I think one of the things I've learned over the last few years is, uh, and we say this often at Tech Pixies, we say, don't, um, what do we say? We say, don't ask for permission, but um, ask for someone to come on board with you. So I think one of the things I learned was with Tim, if I say, you know, can I do this or, you know, whatever, often the answer is no. Okay, now he might not agree with that, but often the answer is no. If I say, you know, can I do this or can I do that? Um, so I've learned to speak to him in a way that says, I really want to do this. This is in my heart. This is what I care about. This is what I love, but I don't want to do it if you're not going to be on board with me. And I think that, uh, that learning has been massive for me and for our relationship, because instead of just assuming that he's just going to go along with what I want to go along with, I, I can kind of say, look, this is something I really want to do. And how do we make this work with our family? And if he I think if it really didn't work with our family, if you really thought it was bad for the family, you would say, are you sure you really want to do this? And we'd have a good conversation about that as well. But um, I think, you know, just having the conversation in the first place is really important and establishing those roles and, you know, the support. And, you know, one of the things that you've been great at, not only is he a cheerleader, but one of the things he's been great at is pushing me to hit the milestones that I need to hit in order to make, uh, this work for our family. So, and those haven't been easy conversations, you know, where he's kind of said, right. So uh, for the hundred hours you just spent on that project, did you get paid? You know, things like that. You've been a, not only a cheerleader, but you've encouraged me to kind of make sure that I'm valuing myself and my time as well. 
Any last final notes you want to say or words you want to say? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know how long we've got, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Man, a few words here. Um, no, thank you for your time. And um, thank you for supporting me on my journey, not only to do the Ironman, uh, but also to build up Tech Pixies and reach and change women's lives in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And Tim's seen it. You know, you've seen women mm -hmm. come through the program and come out of the program, and you've seen what's happened yeah, in their here lives. in my front room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, well, the office is here in our house. So he sees the women who come through not only the program, but then come and work for us too, because we hire through our supply chain. All right. Well, thank you for spending time with us. I hope that was helpful for you. And um, of course, if you have any questions for Tim, drop them into yeah. our social media and I will ask him and get him to, he won't respond because he doesn't do social media, but I'll get him to answer them for you. I know someone who does do social media, so she does it all for me. <laughs> there you go. Thank you.